And welcome to Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio, CFFF in Peterborough. Uh, 92.7 on your FM dial. My name is Bill Templeman. In addition to this radio show, Pints and Politics is streamed live from the Trent Radio website. We also have a podcast at pintsandpolitics.ptbopodcasters.ca and these podcasts are also available on iTunes. And every Thursday, a smallish crew of uh, pundits gathers at the Garnet Pub. Elmer and Hunter at 5 p.m. for an informal um, gathering where we talk about politics at all levels. All are welcome. Please join us. We post on Twitter at Bill Temp and on the Cooperate Peterborough Facebook page. Uh, joining me today uh, is candidate Kemi Akapo, a running in town ward. Welcome, Kemi. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, not at all. Thanks for making time for this. Now, the question uh, we start with uh, for all candidates, candidates, and I asked this as a former candidate, knowing the labor involved, why have you decided to do this to yourself? <laughs> why have you decided to run? It's all so much work. Yes, you're right. It is a lot of work. But to answer the question, I have to sort of go back a little bit. So uh, growing up, I've always been engaged in my community. That's something that my parents have. They were engaged uh, when they were growing up and as adults, and they instilled that in their children, so myself and my three brothers. So um, I think I started when I was six years old, and ever since then, I've always been engaged in my community. So whether that's volunteering at the or- local orphanage organizing walkathons to raise funds for a particular cause. I've always been engaged. So when I moved to Peterborough as a teenager, I continued that as well. Mm -hmm. So I sat on the the TCSA, which is um, the student body, or sorry, the representative body for students at Trent. Um, I was also on the representative body for international students as well. So, and then once I graduated from Trent, I broadened my horizons to the Peterborough community at large. And from that, from my experiences, going to city council meetings, talking to people, I've realized that people are looking for something a little bit different. Uh, they're looking for open, honest uh, government, local government, and I believe that's something that I can bring to the table. Great. Now, because I live in town ward and, you know, I have seen you being active in local politics, I know you, but could you flesh out your background a bit just mm-hmm. in terms of what you've done up until this point in your life? And, and let me frame that a bit. You, you can remember during the uh, Miriam's various campaigns uh, a few years ago that some of the mud that was thrown at her as well. What has she done? I mean, has she ever, ever had a real job? And of course, as we know, people of your and Miriam's generations, mm-hmm. there are not a lot of real jobs out there. Mm-hmm. People have to do other things. So what have mm-hmm. you done? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I have a lot of experience, uh, and I counted this morning the number of jobs I've had <laughs> while I've lived in Peterborough, uh, and I've had 14 jobs here since wow. I moved here. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of jobs. 14 jobs. 14 jobs. And some of them I've worked simultaneously, uh, which is not unlike a lot of other people. I know a lot of people who have two or three jobs just to make ends meet. Uh, so I'm no stranger to hard work. You know, I have a bachelor's degree from Trent University, and I also started a postgrad certificate from Ryerson as well. So I have a love of, um, of education. I also currently work at the New Canadian Centre as mm. the coordinator of settlement services. Um, I have a lot of experience volunteering with a lot of organizations such as Reframe. I have sat on many boards such as the board of the YWCA mm. and the Quarter World Issue Centre and also the Peterborough Independent 
podcasters. Yeah. Uh, so my experience is varied and it's long. And I also sat on the policy committee of the Chamber of Commerce. So mm. I do have quite a lot of experience in terms of engaging with the community, you know, sort of sitting down and looking at the, the numbers to make those tough decisions, but, and also 14 jobs. <laughs> 14 jobs. <laughs> and you lived in Montreal before. Uh, no, I haven't. My parents live in Montreal, oh, yeah, right, okay. um, uh, but I am, I, as you know, a diehard Habs fan. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I do love Montreal. <laughs> That's important. Okay. Uh, now, what, in terms of uh, the campaign, what issues do you think will emerge uh, for all candidates? What do you think you're going to be hearing about at the doors? Mm-hmm. Well, I've already started going around and talking to people. And oh, really- you've, you've started knocking on doors? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, not super intensely yet, mm-hmm. but I've, I started. Um, and just going out to different events and meeting people. What I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of different things. So people... Mm. Um, what people want from the council is a council that is open, transparent, mm-hmm. um, someone that, that a council that they can trust uh, to come to them um, at the sort of at the start of uh, new ventures to explain to them what's happening, uh, rather than going to them at you know sort of when it's already been decided. Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of very concrete things, people are housing. Housing is a really big yes. issue, um, and not just affordable housing, but just even access to housing. A number of people aren't. Our vacancy rate right now is less than 1%. So people are trying to find a place to live and it's very difficult, you know, and then sort of the the big hitters that everyone is talking about and that's, you know, PDI, the parkway, not so much the casino. A lot of people have decided that's a done deal. I mean, it's already being built, so uh, not much that can be done there. Uh, the environment is also a big one as well. And a couple of people um, are talking about the official plan as well. Uh, so I think those will be the, the next things. And of course, over the next couple of months, other things may come up um, that we don't anticipate. Sure. Sure. Okay. Now, one of the other candidates told me in one of these interviews that um, only one to two percent of Fleming and Trent grads mm-hmm. actually stay here. And of course, the reason okay. they leave is what we've already touched on jobs Mm -hmm. what what is what are you hearing about jobs and what are some of the fixes you think Mm -hmm. that could be put in place great so i'm hearing that people want jobs but they don't just want sort of a any job they want a job that um pays a living wage Mm -hmm. um so people are not wanting i mean people are willing to work uh, minimum wage which you know has recently gone up and they're sort of willing to do whatever they need to do to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. But people are looking for jobs that give them good work-life balance, that pay them a living wage, um, and that also sort of feed feed their souls, right? They're no longer just looking to put food on the table, but they also want to contribute to society at large. And particularly for youth, um, I find that, yes, youth are willing to, you know, sort of do the work that needs to be done, uh, but they're, they're very much looking forward to working in in fields that are very specific to their interests and uh, and are willing to go where that work is. So I'm hearing that youth are willing to stay in Peterborough if they can get those jobs here. Um, and I think a good thing that's been happening is what's happening at the Venture North building with- oh, Innovation Classic. Yes, yeah, thank yeah. you. And they're where they're fostering entrepreneurs yeah. and they're really helping them build uh, capacity so that they can create jobs for people that will stay here. And a, a great example of that is Ribbit for two international students, um, and now they've grown to, I believe, a a team of five. So that's pretty impressive, I think, in a short time span. 
Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, you and I have both uh, had the, uh, the stressful honor of appearing before council, speaking, <laughs> doing presentations. I, I, I call it the firing squad. <laughs> and uh, when, I'm, when I've stood there and I, I survey those 11 faces <laughs> staring at me, uh, I notice that only, well, in this council, only two of them are female. What has to happen for that view to change? Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot needs to happen. I think um, I heard a statistic and I can't remember where it's from, but a woman needs to be asked to run for council 25 times before she'll even right. just consider that. Or right. maybe not necessarily council, but just in politics. But whereas a man may just need to be asked once or twice before he says, sure, right. I'll consider it. So women need to be invited to the table. Let women know, yes, there is a place yeah. here for you. Um, and encourage and not just invite women, but give them the tools necessary to run for council. I've been very lucky in that I've had uh, multiple conversations with current and previous councillors to say, how did you do it? You know, yeah. what's, what's the reality like? How did you get to where you are? And some of them have been mentoring me along the way. And I think it's... But it's, I think, and that's another reason I'm wanting to run is um, I think more people will get engaged if they see themselves already at the table, right? And uh, there's no denying that I am a woman of color and a black woman. Um, so, and I'm not, so I'm not just a woman, but um, if I believe that if I get on cancel uh, and people see that, they'll think, okay, so there are women that are engaged, but there's also a diversity of voice and thought on cancel as well. Now, another part of that diversity, in addition to not seeing many women, or seeing only two women in this council uh, that's uh, just going out of office. I also noticed that <laughs> many of the people sitting there um, uh, are of an older generation, remember mm -hmm. the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and so on. <laughs> so, and nothing's wrong with that, of course, but how do we get more young people involved in civic politics, particularly? I think it's great to have a diversity or a range of ages on council. Um, so I think that there's... Uh, I think it's good that there's representation of, of the older population. But in terms of getting youth um, more engaged, I think youth are very, nowadays, they're sort of like, what's in it for me, right? And not in a, in not a, and I don't mean that in a negative, selfish way, but what is it that you are giving to me? How am I benefiting from this? How can I participate in it? So if we can show how, sort of demystify the whole process of, you know, city council, this, you know, this room of, people sitting around a table making decisions and getting them engaged to see how they can participate, but also what sort of benefits they can reap from that. I think that would be great. And I'm working with two students who just recently graduated from high school um, mm. to, to be on my campaign so that they can sort of shadow me. I can learn from them as well. Um, and then hopefully that will sort of spread. They'll tell their friends and those friends will tell other friends. Sure. Okay. Now, in terms of the the major issues of the day, which you know we can be pretty sure are going to come across your desk, should, should mm -hmm. you be successful in the next council, where do you stand on those? I and mean, I'm thinking of the Parkway, the PDI, mm -hmm. um, you know, official plant, all mm -hmm. that, uh, the annexation, the South End. Mm -hmm. uh, start wherever you wish. So uh, I definitely have my own thoughts and views, but I think it's really important to to reach out to the community to hear. Mm -hmm. What they're thinking, you know, in terms of PDI, I've, I've always been against the sale of PDI. I believe mm -hmm. very strongly in keeping it in the hands of the public. Um, and PDI for um, is a really important aspect to 
Peterborough. Uh, a lot of people take pride in, in the ownership of PDI. Um, so I think it's unfortunate um, what's been happening um, sort of with the sale and it being on the table, off the table, now back on. So I'm against the, the sale of PDI. Um, and for other issues, such as, such as the parkway, I also am not in favor of the parkway. But that being said, I do think it's important to address the, the, the concerns of the people who are for the parkway. So why is it that you're for the parkway? Is mm. it because the road conditions and other roads are, are bad? Okay, then let's address that um, mm. rather than building uh, this huge road that goes through um, Jackson's Park. When other cities are tearing down their parkways, why are we building right. ours? So, but I th- again, I always go back to what is it that the, the people want? You know, what is the research? Um, I like, I always try to make my um, decisions uh, based on facts and evidence. And then make listen to what people have to say, read the research, and then make a decision. Right. Thank you. Now, uh, another candidate told me that during, uh, I think it was the federal election, Miriam Monsef had more followers on social media than the Peterborough Examiner. <laughs> and and, <laughs> oh, and that, to me, sort of evokes uh, a new conversation for mm-hmm. candidates, because certainly... People who are interested in politics of my generation, and I think of your generation, we, we all acknowledge that it happens at the front door. You know, you yes. see the whites of yes. their eyes, you shake their hands, you meet them, you find out what they're, mm-hmm. you, you're yeah. already knocking on doors. Yeah. But now there's this new thing that's uh, sort of a cloud that's on the horizon called social media. Mm-hmm. How are you going to use that in your campaign? Mm-hmm. I, I love social media. <laughs> oh, I know. And you, ha- you have quite a profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think it's great. I think social media is, is wonderful for a number of ways. I mm-hmm. think it reaches out to population or it has a further reach than uh, one might be able to, uh, to, to do in person. Like you said, uh, there's, no, there's no substitute for, for meeting people and, mm-hmm. and shaking their hands and knocking on their door. And that will always be paramount. Uh, but I think social media is another way of engaging youth, but it's also another way of engaging people who don't necessarily want to come to council meetings, uh, but wanted, but they want to know what's going on. So I've been, I used to go to council, I mean, I still go to council meetings, but I, I would live tweet the meetings, right? So that people could follow along, uh, but now that they can watch it themselves, uh, I, I still go and tweet out the highlights, but not necessarily the details the details of it um but i definitely i'm i'm going to be on twitter i mean i already am on twitter mm-hmm. instagram and i will have a facebook page as well um, and i will use that to get my message across to people but also for people to be able to know where i am so throughout the course of the summer and the fall um, i will be posting where i'll be in the city and encouraging people to come and meet and meet me and have a conversation Great. Now, what about uh, another trend that's uh, technology-related that we're seeing more and more of in the last, I think, the last three municipal elections, of course, is online voting. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how will that play out in your campaign? In other words, how would you promote that? How do you get people to vote online more? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll refer to past campaigns. Apparently, 44% of Miriam's supporters voted online uh, when she was running for mayor. Only uh, 36 or 7% of Daryl Bennett's voters did. So mm-hmm. how how can you use that with demographic that's going to be mm-hmm. supporting you? Right. I think the first thing is letting them know that it's possible and uh, sh- sort, of, sort of showing them how they can do that. So I, you know, I haven't finalized the plans yet, but either having a video 
on my website to explain this is how you vote online right. these are uh this is how you register to vote this is how you make sure that it happens this is you can start voting october 9th letting people know, know that as well but just making sure that people are aware of it um and i think online voting is great i think it affords accessibility as well um you know for people uh, seniors who may not be able to make it to the polls mm-hmm. or people with different accessibility issues or people who just don't want to get out of bed that morning, you know, <laughs> but they still want to participate. Yeah. Uh, so explaining to people how it's how it's done and encouraging them to to use it. But I still I still have a great affinity for uh, going to the polls and checking right. my name off um, or checking you know the box next to that. Sorry, taking the name off on that box. I voted online in the previous election, but I will be going to the polls this. It's a photo op. <laughs> it is, you know, it is a photo op, but I really do. I mean, I voted. So I voted online for the the previous uh, municipal election, right. and then, uh, but obviously for the provincial one, you're you're not able to vote online quite yet. And I did like sort of the whole you know pomp and circumstance of right. taking time off work, going, yep. checking my name off, right. and, and you know, but I didn't get a pin that said I voted, but I tweeted it. At <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's great. Now, do you think we'll see the phenomena of campaign member, or oh, either candidates or their teams, going door to door with data-enabled phones or or laptops, saying, "Hi, you know." Have you voted yet? And if the answer is no, do you want to vote now? Oh, dear. Is that a thing that happens? Well, I don't know. But I know technically it's possible. I mean, my little phone here, if Mm -hmm. I had data uh, and the site was up Mm -hmm. and I was at your door, I could say, do you want to vote now? Now, that raises a number of concerns. I don't. I definitely. Well, I will not be doing that. um, Okay. For a. For a number of reasons, but one I think voting is such a uh, is is meant to be a, you know a, a private act, right? right. Um, the the sanctity of well, I don't know if sanctity is the right word, mm-hmm. but ensuring that you know one of the reasons that I like to vote are by going to the booth is knowing that there's no one around me. I can cast my ballot in secrecy. No one will ever have to know how I voted. Mm-hmm. So I definitely will not be going around knocking on people's doors. I mean, I definitely will knock on doors and say, have you voted yet? Yeah. Um, but not with a phone or a tablet. And because I, I think that's that's a form of coercion. Right. right. Um, so I, I will not be engaging in that. Okay, great. Now, we talked uh, just uh, briefly about the official plan. Mm-hmm. And so this next question feeds into that. I mean, what, what is your vision for Peterborough going forward in the next 5, 10, 20 years? And, and mm-hmm. how does the official plan play into that? What do you hope to see in that process? Mm-hmm. So my vision for Peterborough is, I, th- I think, is a, is a simple one. Um, I think... I would love to see Peterborough become even more so of a, a living or livable, thriving, a safe community. Mm-hmm. And there's there's many ways you can look at that. And um, there's the social determinants of health that you can refer to to sort of as a baseline to see, well, how are we doing? In terms of the official plan, um, I attended uh, the design charrette that took place um, early in June. And that was, that was very fascinating. I've never done anything like that before. But I think it's really important to see how, what is it that city council can do um, in terms of the decisions that it makes to ensure that the community grows in such a way that is, you know, slow, but responding to the needs of the community as well. Um, Slow, but intentional as well. 
So not just throwing up an apartment building because anywhere because we're in need of housing, but okay, well, if we're going to build it somewhere, what are the environmental considerations? Um, are we having to build a new building, which means a lot more work, having to put in um, stormwater management, um, you know, water pipelines and all that kind of stuff. So as I, I'm really a proponent of being intentional in the way that we grow and we build um, and thinking of the long-term impact of the decisions that we make. Um, and I think the official plan will be a great tool to encourage Peterborough to move forward. The review of it is past year. We haven't had a complete review for over a decade now. I think even longer than that. Longer than mm-hmm. Diane Terrian has been alive. Right. She, yeah. she made the point that okay. uh, yeah. it, the last one was before she was born. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. which, so, so we've had, you know, many revisions here and there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with the completion of the official plan, it will sort of light sort of a fire under the city um, to, to move forward um, in innovative ways. And that's something I'd, I'd love people from other cities uh, to look at Peterborough and say, Wow, Peterborough's mm. tried that. That's really great. Yeah. Why don't we try it here in our communities as well? Right. Now, what about your running in town award, of course? Mm. What about, I, I hate to frame it as the downtown debate, and I know I, I see you downtown mm-hmm. a lot. You see me, you know, I love mm-hmm. being downtown, and it's a great downtown. But there are downtown's critics who claim it's not safe, it's messy, there's too many vacant storefronts. What has to happen downtown in your perspective, Mm -hmm. from your perspective? You know, that's a good question. And, you know, I've heard people hear other people say that downtown is, doesn't, they don't feel safe in downtown and sort of scoff at them. And I don't think that's right. I think it's important to, to hear the reasons why they feel unsafe. And sometimes I think it's just a perception issue, right? Well, as a woman, yeah. how, how do you feel mm-hmm. downtown? Um, I feel as safe downtown Peterborough as really as I do anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I live downtown. I work downtown. I'm, right. I'm always yeah. downtown. Yeah. People always see me biking around. So I think a lot of it has to do with perception. I think, you know, the sort of the more you come, the more you know the people that live there, that work there, the, the sort of better understanding that you have. You know, for example, I'm wearing this T-shirt today. This is no. completely coincidental. But it's the One City Peterborough uh, mm. T-shirt, and it's a new program that just started uh, with the DPIA and the Warming Room Communities uh, Ministries, where they are employing people who may otherwise not be able to find employment right. to help literally clean the streets of downtown. Sure. Um, but this is not to mean that they're pushing away people, uh, you know, folks who are homeless or use the services downtown either, but uh, perhaps making it feel a little bit safer for people to come here come downtown and to spend their time at a local coffee shop or at a restaurant or shopping in one of the the many stores that we have. Sure. And how do we deal with this sort of uh, urban-suburban divide? Uh, I know, uh, speaking to other candidates who have run in Monaghan, North Chris, uh, Mm -hmm. Autonomy and so on, uh, say that... uh, there is this perception that mm-hmm. downtown is is dirty, unsafe, and uh, I'd never go down there. How do we deal with that? I mean, it's a prejudice, right? Mm. Yeah, you know, and that's a good question, Bill. I'm not sure I have a, a, a great answer for you right now. I think, I think people need to come downtown to experience it. <laughs> if you don't come downtown and you're just hearing word of mouth, then do you, how do you really know? Sure. Um, so, for example, I was someone who 
never really interacted with people who were homeless. You know, I sort of mm-hmm. saw them on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I'd give them some, you know, an apple or a granola bar uh, or some change that I had. But um, I think it was three, four years ago, I um, started to volunteer at the warming room, mm-hmm. uh, which is a sort of a last resort a shelter for uh, for people who are homeless. And that experience completely changed my perception. It completely changed my uh, the way I interact with folks in town. And now that I know their names, mm-hmm. um, I know their histories, I, I can relate to them right, mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't able to before. So I think it's the same for come downtown, experience it, live it, and maybe the more familiar you are with it, the, the safer you are. But I mean, I also know that uh, this is relatively new, but uh, the DBIA has secured uh, four police officers to stay within the core of downtown. Um, so that might ease some people's uh, fears about safety. Uh, and to know that if an issue were to come up, the, the police would be readily Right. So the DBIA has secured like actual Peterborough police officers, not not rental security guards. Yes, yes okay. actual police officers. Yes. So Terry Garl announced that at the DBIA AGM. Great. One of the last topics, and it shows the dread with which it lives, even in my mind, is the topic of taxes. What, <laughs> what, what do you say to people? And I mean, you live downtown; you know what it's like. Yeah. So, taxes are an essential um, bit of living in a municipality. The a lot of our budget is developed from the taxes that people pay, and that money goes towards paying for essential services, such as clearing our roads in the winter time and picking up of recycling uh, and garbage uh, during the week. Um, so I understand uh, that taxes are come out of people's pockets. Uh, they work really hard um, and they need to pay this bill. So part of what I would do is at the door, ask people what their priority for services are in the city and make sure that those priorities are reflected uh, in the budget when we do develop it. Um, I was very lucky to participate in the participatory budgeting pilot project, and that really gave me a really great insight on how budgets are developed and I, I would handle that money very carefully. Okay, last things, anything you'd like to leave us with in terms of things you want to focus on during your campaign and what you'd like to see come up for the new council? So what I want to focus my campaign on first is is listening to people. What is it that the constituents are wanting? And then coming up with very sort of concrete responses to that. Now, some of the things are, are going to be, are going to have to be in collaboration with the provincial government. Uh, so, for example, one thing that people I've heard at the door is wanting better access to um, healthcare for mental health and addictions, right? Um, so, as you know, healthcare is a provincial issue, so it's not necessarily something that Peterborough can do all by itself, but how do we work now with our new uh, government uh, to ensure that the services needed here happen? Great. Well, Kimmy, a couple. Thank you so much for coming in and I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Val. This has been fun. Great. (laughs) Bye-bye now.